the leaders world and we are here again thank you so much for joining us brought to you by leaders world institute the leaders world is here it is your platform to bring you transformational content on leadership and personal development to take your life your business and everything that you do and your family to a whole new level be ready for one step ahead today Today, we have with us Reverend Jesse Sun. He is no stranger to us. We had Reverend Jesse in our previous broadcast, and he is a well-traveled speaker. For more than 25 years, he's been in leadership and in ministry. He is host of Sun Plaza, which is a platform for nation building and transformation. He is the founder of the award-winning Academy Fellowship International, ACF, that has inspired thousands of young people globally to a life of purpose and excellence. Also, he is the senior pastor of Royal City Mission uh, London, and he is the executive director for Global City International, which is a UK-based organization aimed at changing lives, building communities, and developing leaders. He is the board chair for U4 40 Academy, which is a coaching and mentoring academy for the under 40. And he is married and lives in London with his family. Ladies and gentlemen, with us in the studio is Reverend Jesse. Reverend, you're welcome. Thank you so much, Susan. And um, it's an honor to be here today. And I hope that together we can um, learn inspire one another and um, chart the course for um, a brighter future. So I'm all yours today and I really appreciate your platform and I think um, you're doing an amazing job. So oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Let's get into it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> People of value adding value and that's what we are all about. Our topic for today is leading for significance. Leading for mm -hmm. significance. Um, when you hear that topic, Reverend Jesse, what comes to your mind? Oh, it, it's very important because um, if there's no significance, then leadership has no essence. Hmm. Uh, because you, you don't just lead for the sake of leading. There's an objective to what you're trying to do. And that objective must at all times uh, be able to produce significance in whatever you're doing. Significance has a twin brother or sister called relevance. Oh, okay. And yeah, tell us so, about the twin brother. Tell us about the twin sister yeah, yeah, or they're, relevance. They're, they're, twin. They're, they're, all, they're always twin, identical twins, you know, relevance and significance. Uh, because if you lose your relevance or your significance, then you lose your purpose. Hmm. If you lose your relevance or significance, then you lose your purpose. How does for example, lose their significance, let's say, um, in their business, among their team members, maybe in their family, how do we lose significance? Lack of maintenance. So if I, I were to say, for example, you drive your car, uh, whenever you buy brand new tires, they will tell you this can go a thousand miles. Okay. Um, once it's covered in England, you have the thread of the car, should, the tire should be like 1.5 um, millimeters minimum. Yes. So, once it goes below that threshold, 
you're not supposed to use that tire anymore. The relevance is gone. It's no more significant. So you have to change it because if the police pull you over, that's a three point on your license. Maintenance is a key to maintaining, um, to staying relevant, to staying significant. As a leader, as a leader, what is what, what advice would you give to a leader who might be feeling right now? I think my tire is getting flat and I need to pick myself up again. Or maybe you're listening to us, you're watching us and you're like, I don't know if I'm a leader, but I don't really know where I am because I think that I don't have that fire no more and my energy is going down. I don't know if I'm going to last longer. Oh, it's, it's very simple because... Um... If you know you are going to drive from, say, let me use a familiar route I've taken, Sablana to Maryland. Um, I think the last time I did that, was like, I don't know, eight or ten hours. So you know you're going to gas up your car maybe twice. It depends on your engine size. So you know, okay, for example, if you're going to do 400 miles, a full tank can do 400 miles on a Toyota car, right? So you already know I need to cover 400 miles, so I need to gas up my tank with enough gas to take me 400 miles. Okay. If I don't, I can get to North Carolina and get stuck. And so one of the problems leaders face is they do not know the entire journey. As a result, they don't know the resources they need to cover the journey. It can ah. be emotional resources, it can be financial resources, it can be mental resources. Because it's not just resources in terms of money. There's a mental capacity you need to be able to accomplish a certain type of task. Oh, wow. There's so a type of resilience the breadth and length of your journey is vital. And what it takes. And what it takes to complete that journey. Because in some cases, you may need resilience. In some cases, you may need a lot of forgiveness because of the number of people that will hurt you in your leadership journey. So wow. if you haven't had that, aspect of your life sorted somewhere in columbus or somewhere in south somewhere on the north of georgia you can just get offended and then you blow up the entire leadership thing Mm. so a lot of people Mm. they don't have enough capacity to accomplish whatever they think they want to accomplish and 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 i I discover that every change starts with awareness and sometimes yeah sometimes a People just reach that point where they blow up because maybe that level of awareness of what they actually needed wasn't there. Can you speak? Mm-hmm. You are a leader and a mentor. You for T yes. Academy. Tell us That's about right. the role of um, mentorship in helping us come to that place of awareness of what we actually need uh, in terms of resources for the journey that is ours. It's very simple. What I'm going to do, I'll just try to simplify all the answers, okay? Um, mentorship, because I mentor, I mentor mentors, so it's quite complicated. Well, not complicated, but it's, it's I have we experience get it. in we that. Get it. Yes. <laughs> so the point is, in my experience, is that when you're mentoring someone, the first thing you need to know is the capacity of that person. So if your capacity of, say, a Ford Chevrolet. I cannot put U-Haul goods on you. Okay. No, it's not your capacity. Because the U-Haul is, is, is a sizable lorry. It has capacity to, maybe you're moving properties. It can do that. 
but your tiny Ford car wouldn't be able to do that. So right. the first step of mentorship is to understand the capacity of the person and to know what kind of resources to invest into that person. Mm -hmm. One of the things we face nowadays with a lot of motivational speakers is that they make you think you're more than what you really are. As a result, you try to do things that are larger and bigger than your capacity. Okay. And and I love... So where uh, do we find the balance since we need the motivation and, and we, we, we need all of those words to, to motivate mm. us and, and to inspire us to accomplishment? Where do we find the balance between... Oh, taking things which are larger than our capacity and actually mm -hmm. um, taking on things that we, we should be taking on instead of running away and shying away from doing the big things. Where do we find the balance? The balance is very simple. The, the truth is we all know the balance, but at times we, we, you know, the human being has a tendency to overinflate him or herself. You always want to look bigger than what you really are but knowing the balancing, when you're going to buy your car, let's say your salary is $5,000 after tax, I don't think you want to buy a Bentley. No one needs to tell you you can't even run a Bentley. It's too much for your financial capacity. Mm. So the first place is honesty. You must be honest to know where you are. You are not going to end there. You will end up with a Bentley in the future. But as of now, this is where you are. Stick to your level and keep, keep improving and honestly, growing, honestly, you will get there with time. Make sure you're honest with your self-assessment, guys. You have to make be, sure you're yes. honest with your self-assessment. Do you have exactly. the capacity uh, for what you want to take? If not, do you need to build capacity? And yeah. if you need to build capacity, what resources do you need to build that capacity? Exactly. And we're looking at leading mm. for significance. And okay. um, there is an African proverb that if you want to go fast, go alone. And mm -hmm. if you want to go far, go together. That That's brings right. us that brings us to team building. That brings us to working with other people. And mm -hmm. um, John Maxwell, my mentor, says success is indeed a journey. But if you stop at adding value to yourself, you miss the reward of significance. How do we work with other people? How do we develop empowering environments around us? Oh, that's that's a pregnant question. Um, that's That's a pregnant question. Working with other people, it's a two-way thing, okay? You you give and take. And so when you plant in your garden, you have the soil and you have the whatever you planted. So there's an interaction between the plant and the soil. The soil, the plant picks up nutrients from the soil and then et cetera, et cetera. So in a team, you need to understand what you're offering to the team and what the team is offering to you. Okay. It's a two-way thing. It doesn't matter. You, even if you're the CEO, the secretary is contributing something to your life. Likewise, you are contributing something to the secretary's life. Each person should know his role and responsibility in the team. Because a lot of times with teamwork, in my experience, is when people don't really know their defined roles and responsibilities. And when you don't know that, you begin to do things that are good but that are not right. Okay. And you so, know that the enemy you, of... How do you know what is right then? How do you define right in terms of working as a team? Right 
is that which falls within your roles and responsibilities. Good is that which is okay. It may or may not harm the organization, but it wasn't your duty. I normally use sport. You call it soccer, we call it football. So the, 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 the striker has to score goals. That's the right thing for him to do. But he can as well go and defend. That's a good thing. But when they signed his contract, they did not sign his contract for him to be defending. Mm. They signed for him to score goals. All right. It is the right thing for him to score goals. It is a good thing for him to defend. However, he will be assessed and evaluated on the goals he scores, not on the defensive tactics he executed. And so you must always know your function in a team and make sure you accomplish that function. Because at the end of the day, that's why you're there. So um, you as a leader of, of teams, how yes. do you effectively um, ensure that there is an empowering environment um, in your, among your team members? It's, it's very simple because the, the, the strategy for empowering people is not universal. So what works for one person might not work for another person. Mm. So you need to find out what is the empowering tool I need to use. For mm -hmm. some people, it is motivation. For some people, it is compensation. For some people, it is X, Y, Z. So I need to find out what I call your power factor. Mm. Once I get your power factor, for some people, compensation doesn't really do anything for them. Adding a thousand dollars on their pay, it wouldn't make much of a difference. Even right. if you don't add it, they will still stay in that company and do good work. So it's for you to understand what is it that empowers people. You see, what empowers a fish is not the same thing that empowers a pet at home. Mm -hmm. What empowers your pet at home doesn't empower your parrot which is a bird. Mm -hmm. So I use that analogy to explain when you work in a company or with a team, some are fishes, some are like pets, some are like birds. So you need to find out who is what. Empower a bird, take the bird to the sky, let it fly. You do that to a fish, the fish will die. Mm. You want to empower a fish, create enough water body for it to swim mm -hmm. free. And so it's to know where people are coming from, what they want to become, and how you can help them on that journey. Oh, so wow. two things. Knowing you need to know where they are coming they're from. They're coming from. Know where they want to be because where, where they, they want, want to be is different from where you want them to be as a company owner. Definitely. That's a huge difference. Because a and lot if of we times, miss that, if we miss that... <laughs> you'll be frustrated, isn't it? Because you, you, you it's like... I want you to be in New York, but deep in you, you want to be in Chicago. So all my efforts are for New York, New York, New York, New York, but the person is Chicago, Chicago. I need to know where you as a person, you want to be. So if where you want to be is in conflict with where I want you to be, if I'm the leader, it is my responsibility to make you adopt my own vision and objectives for the company. Otherwise, we may not work for long. You may mm. be a very good worker, but you're not just for me. So that brings us to that clarity aspect of vision. Yes. Because yes. we want to make sure that our team members have the clarity that uh, we need for them to have so they can exactly. know 
exactly where we are going to with the team and then understand their roles in the team and know mm -hmm. what is the expectation for them. And what you're saying exactly. is that the leader has to also know what motivates their team members. For some, exactly. it might just be a pat on the back. For some, it might mm -hmm. just be a word of praise. For some, it might just be a, a gift of a pen. For others, it, mm -hmm. it, it, might, it might just be... Um, Maybe a salary raise. <laughs> sure, of course, of course, that motivates a lot more people. You know, just raise up the salary or just sponsored vacation. Just say, okay, this vacation I'll buy your flight ticket. Just something basic. Just, right. And and right. like I said, you you buy a vacation ticket for someone who really doesn't run vacations. It's it doesn't motivate the anything. person. Um, yeah. I'm a teacher. I teach middle school and mm -hmm. um, I have people that I work with who are colleagues. And um, every now and then the things that I learn, I try to put them into practice. So one okay. great thing that happened recently was uh, one of my team members has been struggling with um, we, we just finding her space in, in, at, at, in the workplace and Mm -hmm. I, I was struggling to see how I can help, how I can step in to uh, be of positive influence and impact in this person's life. And boom, I had my opportunity. I noticed something that was happening. And mm -hmm. um, I sent this person an email. I said, oh, I noticed this, 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 this. And I think this, 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 this. And I think this, 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 this. And I want to say this, 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 this. The person comes back to me and says, I've been teary-eyed. I've just oh. been crying happy tears. Oh. I said, why? The person said, it's, I've been struggling. Mm -hmm. And I didn't just know what I was doing. And I didn't just know whether anything was working. But when I saw your email, it meant a lot to me. I was like, wow. Yes. Mm. That Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm, so, mm. so like you said, it, it all depends on what everybody really wants for their lives. And sometimes yes. it's not just about the money, it's it's mm -hmm. about um what intrinsically motivates them. And yes. um knowing our team members is is mm -hmm. also that important part. Very important. Yes. yes. Exactly. Yeah, knowing yes. our team members yes. is also that very, very important. And, and just quick, quickly, yes. one of the ways you know them is to interact with them informally. Right. In the office, it's quite formal, you know, that structured. At times, when they have a birthday party, go. Mm. The child is doing his or her baptism, whatever you call it, just attend. When you meet people in an informal setting, you know more about them. Oh, yeah. If all your interaction with your members of staff is all in the office, mm -hmm. you're interacting with a professional. You're not interacting with the person. Mm. Those are two different people. Those are different. And I say professional, extremely. If you interact with the person, you will understand a lot of things. If you interact with a professional, mm. you will understand the person professionally. From so my experience... Able, yeah. Yes. To be able to, to my empower our team members, we want to know them as people, not just yes. as the professionals that we meet at the workplace. Yes. Okay. If I were to ask, for example, um, a team leader, I said, he may say, okay, I have a team of 10 people. 
I mean, just okay. All the ten people, how many of them have parents who are still alive? Okay. You don't, team member, team leader doesn't know. Okay. You can just ask a basic question: How many of them X, Y, Z? You don't know. Mm. But these are key things that if you know about people, it'll help your decision making process. Help us understand where and they're coming it, from and exactly. where they're living right now. Yes, yes. Wow, wow, wow. Is there you even need to know their birthdays. Okay. Get it from HR department. When wow. birth, they put a birthday card in the mail. Mm. Don't say anything in the office. They go back home and they say happy birthday from the boss. Right. Oh my goodness. That's a lovely. Is there anything <laughs> as too much praise for team members or employees? Is there anything as too much praise? No, not okay. Not re yes and no. <laughs> uh uh, yes, yes. You see, praise is supposed to be an objective exercise. Mm. It is it is an objective exercise where you pick an aspect of someone's life mm -hmm. and then you praise the person because you have something at the back of your mind. You want that praise to bring forth the best from that person, to right. stir the potentials of the person. At times when you do it too much, it becomes evident that you're not truthful. Because if if my activities make the bank to lose money all the time. And you keep telling me I'm a wonderful cashier, I'm a wonderful... I know you're lying. There's something fishy. <laughs> yeah, something is not right. So so, it has to be authentic you, praise. Yeah, let it be authentic praise. And, and at times, to help you pick an aspect of that person's life and offer praise on that aspect. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So it becomes too much praise when you praise the person for everything and people know when what you're telling them is true or not true. When they it's not know. being authentic. No, when they, they do. Authentic. They know. They know, yeah. They know. Right, right. They know. Um, um, so, um, looking at this conversation, I'm thinking of the word feedback. The word feedback. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. When is it the right time to give feedback? Um, researching, I discovered that the, the quote, uh, feedback is the breakfast of champions. It's from Ken Blanchard. Okay, we, Ken, yeah. Yeah, and we all know that for anybody that's growth-minded and mm -hmm. wants to improve and wants to develop, feedback is very, very important. Like, we, we, we can't. We need to know what's happening. And mm -hmm. we need to know what's going well and what's not going well with what we are doing so we can know the area, areas of improvement. But the question is, when is it the right time to give feedback? And is there any wrong time for giving feedback? And how can feedback be given in a way that's always constructive and builds instead of maybe doing yeah. the opposite? Yeah, true. You know, f feedback is a very, um, it's been there for decades, okay? It's been there for decades. and um, But the tricky thing about feedback is every feedback must have an objective. Mm. A lot of times people do it just because in the organizational culture, we do feedback, so we document feedback. No. Mm. The objective of the feedback will determine when you should do it. Because there are three ways you can do feedback. Directly with the person, indirectly as a group. That means I can... You, you know, some people are very sensitive. Mm -hmm. 
And there are certain types of feedback that if you give them directly, you can crush them because they're still trying to find their feet in the corporate ladder or whatever you call it. So yeah. you do, if, if there's a feedback I want to give a particular staff member, and I know that feedback may crush the person's, um, I don't know, whatever, motivation. Morale. You can actually give that feedback as a group. You get the entire team and you give it as a team feedback. The person will extract whatever it is that belongs to him or her. And also, you, you need to know certain types of feedback may not be compatible with a, an, a recent experience the person may have just gone through. The person just lost their dad a week before. You already know. The feedback is more on improvement, negative. You can't give it then. It's no. Right. The person is still grieving. The person is still grieving. So you need to look for alternative methods of giving the same feedback, but always understand the objective of feedback. Is it that you want to bring change through the feedback? Is it improvement with the feedback? Is it just lessons learned from the feedback? Is What is it you want to accomplish? Mm. What you want to accomplish will determine the type of feedback, the timing and the place. The timing well. and the place. And if I'm hearing yes. you well, I'm understanding that it's, it's about um, actually listening for unspoken cues in, in, yeah. in the in the lives of your team members and yeah. situating where they mm -hmm. are to ensure that the feedback that we are bringing is building for the sake of the team and it's not that's right um, maybe crushing one team member yeah. and mm -hmm. it's not just about giving feedback because it's that's what we do for this purpose of documenting <laughs> like um let's do this report it's time for annual report so let's do this mm -hmm. let's get the feedback in because it's that time of the year yeah mm -hmm. so it's not just about that it's about understanding where our team members are at and that's right be able to uh, be sensitive uh, if mm -hmm. i heard you well yeah. we have to be sensitive about uh, when is the timing for the yeah. feedback that we bring and the type of mm -hmm. feedback that we bring and also, you yeah. need to understand, if you operate in a multicultural environment, mm. you must understand that communication has more to do with the recipient than with the donor. Mm -hmm. Whatever you're saying is fine, but the person you're talking to, the person has to understand what you're saying. That understanding is more important, and culture comes in. You must understand the cultural background of the people you're talking to. Mm. Because there is a way you can speak to a British person. If you speak that same way to an African, you mess it up. There's a way you can approach an African who is, say, you need the person to improve. If you approach an American that same way, it's messed up. Mm. In Japan, in Japan, they do it differently. Okay. In Japan, they do it differently. In some cultures, you don't shake hands until after you've had the negotiation is completed. Mm, mm. In some cultures, when your superior talks, you don't talk back. Mm. And so, if you don't understand that, so, and I, you know, you, you, okay, the person you're talking to is from a culture where you don't talk back to an elderly person. 
And so even when you're asking questions and giving feedback, I have to say, have you understood? Yes, sir. Any questions? No, sir. The yes and the no is not that the person doesn't have questions. It's that there's a cultural hindrance whereby you don't talk back or respond to an elderly person. Mm. In that way now, let your feedback be written. Let the person respond in writing because then the person's culture will allow the person to write rather than... There are places, even with me, there are people that they, they can't say no to me. Wow. Oh, do this. Yes, I'll do it. Even if they don't want to do it. And I know that. And so for such circumstances, you should know how not to delegate functions to those persons because they don't know how to say no. There's a wow. cultural obstacle for them saying so no. So how, how is it possible? Is it possible by any means to uh, bring down those cultural barriers and background hindrances so that we are just people, we are just human beings dealing with one another in a safe environment? How do we bring our team members to that place where they understand that this is a safe space for me? Um, no matter my background, no matter the environment I'm coming from, my leader and his environment and her environment is a safe space for me. And, and I can just be who I am and be transparent. How do we bring ourselves to build that type of environment? Um, that's the responsibility of the leader, isn't it? Because culture is not something you flip with the turn of the coin. No, mm. it's inbuilt. So... It's for you to know how to harness the cultural diversity for your advantage. Diverse. So you know that my secretary is Korean, my um, administrator is Japanese, my um, finance guy is American, my mm. XYZ is British. Once you understand those dynamics, you would bring out the best from all of them. Because research now shows that multicultural organizations, right, are becoming the best oh. because people come with different perspectives on problem solving. Oh, wow. And so when you do, it's, it's rich. I, I did some of that research. I, I read it last year. Mm. If you bring a problem on the table yes, and a multicultural team has to brainstorm on it, they always come up with the best solution. Awesome. Wow. You have a team that's a Japanese, that's an African, that's an American, that's a French, that's a Brazilian. So it's a plus. All those perspectives. It's, it's, oh, it's, it's a, a massive plus. plus. It is. So you to get, you now need to understand who they are, the various cultural inclinations and proclivities, mm. maximize it, and I'm telling you, you would, oh my goodness. Wow. You have a wonderful time. That brings me to, to us talking about building trust. Okay. Building trust among team members. Um, mm -hmm. how, how do we build that trust? We know that um, teams will not thrive without that cohesion that only trust can bring. How does a leader ensure that um, that trust is being built with himself, with herself, and among team members as well? How, how can that happen? You, you know, I like that question because um, most of the times we focus on trust. Uh, but to get a lasting solution, you must focus on trustworthiness. That means as a leader, are you trustworthy? Kind of like trust must be earned, right? Yeah. You may, yeah, in a way, because as a leader, people just 
I mean, you just have to trust your company that they'll pay you at the end of the month. That's a level of trust. People don't know that. They just assume that they'll get a salary. By the time you get to the end of the month, the company may declare bankruptcy. So you won't get your salary. So but you just have trust. You keep working. So at the end of the day, why, why should people trust you? It is because they see in you a pillar they can lean on in times mm. of difficulties. Mm-hmm. They see in you someone who is not just interested in their work life, but also interested in their personal well-being. And how will they know that? Not by what you say, but by observation. They observe how you treat them. Because a lot of times we think people assess us by what we say to them. No, it's more about how they observe. Not just how you treat them, but how you treat other people. They can see that you had a secretary who served you for 10 years and made a little mistake and lost her job. Mm. It doesn't mm. concern me, but when I observe that, I will lose trust in you. Because I know no matter how much effort I put in the company, the day I'll make a slip, I'm gone. Okay. So observation is a powerful tool if you want to win the trust of your people. Okay. Yes. So you want you 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 said we want to make sh- you want to make sure as a leader that you are that pillar that they can actually trust, yes. that they can lean on, and I'm yes. also looking at um how do you as a leader ensure that you are leading, no matter the circumstances, because yes. of course we know there are sometimes that it feels in some organizations like the leader is not leading no more. It's like the leader is taking the back seat. It's just about the title now. But the influence of the leader is not being felt, especially in difficult situations and circumstances. How does a leader um, ensure that they are leading no matter the circumstances or the situation or the crisis that the company or the business or the organization is facing? Oh, it's it's that that's a good question. Um, I think it goes back to the. I want to put it in a succinct way that people will understand. It goes back to the type of leader the person is, mm. and um, it also goes back to the leadership experience of the person. Um, it also goes back to the organizational culture. Okay. It also goes back to how much power has been delegated to the leader. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, because in some cases we have leaders, but they are just administrators of another leader. They call them leaders, but they cannot make a decision. They can't implement anything. Mm-hmm. They are just more like transmitters of hierarchy. Okay. So it becomes a little bit difficult. So if you want people to lead, allow them to lead. Let them make their mistakes in leading. Let them do whatever they are doing. And then you see how to correct or to amend or to train or to develop them further. But if you don't do that, you may end up with people who are leaders by nomenclature. In other words, they call you a leader. They are really not a leader. I I have heard this statement, hire for attitude and train for skills. Hire for attitude and train for skills. Um what is your take on that? Some people say, yeah, some people are like, uh, what no, is your no, take on that? Do we hire for attitude and then train for skills or is it the other way around? 
No, no, no. I mean, there's there's so much literature already on that. So much literature that's already been proven in organizational behaviors. It's already a fact. There's so much peer-reviewed journals on that already because this is the way they put it. You, you, you <laughs> there are two things in in the past. People were hired based on their, uh, um, let me put it the right way, on their aptitude. Aptitude means your hard skills. Yes. They're a good engineer, so they look for an engineer. But in the last 10 years in particular, the pendulum began to swing more on attitude, not aptitude. Okay. Because you can train someone to get aptitude but you can't train someone to get attitude for example you can graduate from law school and i employ you in the bank within six months i can train you to be a bank manager oh i see i see and that's why you see nowadays it doesn't matter what you have for your uh, bachelor's degree people graduate law and go and work in oil companies people graduate from communication and they go and work in the bank. Oh, yes. In those days, you had to do banking and finance. Then you go to... No, no, it's no more like that because you can train any person in any skill within six months. It's proven. Wow. Even people go to the military, the initial training is 14 weeks. Hmm. And that's it? So from wherever, you're 14 weeks and you're a U.S. soldier, U.S. Army, whatever. That's it. 14 weeks, three months. Even wow. in England, British Army, 14 weeks. So you can, the police academy, uh, most of them in America, is six months. I didn't know all of that. You graduate as a police officer fully. It doesn't matter what you studied before. Six mm. months, mm. you're a police officer. So for, for, for our listeners and our viewers, um, because we have the podcast and then we have uh, mm. social media platforms that the videos okay. go on. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, so if you're listening to us, there is this... Um, insistence on attitudes attitudes, attitudes. it has also been said that um your skills and your talents will take you in the room but it's your attitude that will keep you in the room let let me give you a secret okay let me give you a secret i love secrets when it comes to aptitude right yes a lot of people are equally qualified like you and even more Hmm. qualified okay so if if a bank is looking for a bank manager, oh my goodness, a thousand people can apply. Yes. So at times, let me give you a secret for all those watching. At times when you are in the waiting room for your interview, they're observing you on the cameras. Really? They're checking your yeah, they they do that. They do that. You don't even know they do that. They so while you were coming in, they, they would deliberately how you're behaving. Yeah. So what they would do is when you're coming in, they will get a, a secretary or some other person with two heavy boxes <laughs> to just meet you at the door. They want to see if you're going to open the door and help that person or not. They're checking your attitude. So your interview started and you saw someone, before you started Before you got into the interview hall, they've already hired or fired you. Wow. 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 Yeah. Ladies and oh, gentlemen, I'm telling you, those me, watching they do us. It a lot. 
leading yeah. for significance it's about you it's about your organization it's about your family it's about taking your entire life one yeah. step forward i want you to ensure that you're taking down your notes what are your takeaways from today's uh broadcast what are your takeaways make sure you're writing make sure that you also um are taking note of those 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 salient points that apply to you and how mm -hmm. you are going to use them. What are your application points? If you have questions for our guests, oh, bring them on, bring them on, yeah. because he is mm -hmm. more than ready for you. And we. Will oh yeah, yeah. For your corporate and personal needs, Leaders World Institute, changing lives. One leader at a time. Authentic leadership in leading for significance. How can I be authentic and not phony when it seems the culture is about what people can see out there, how I approach appear in public, how I appear on Instagram, how I appear on Twitter, Facebook, how do I remain authentic and not phony? Because if I'm going to last, mm -hmm. it's the authentic part of me yeah. that actually matters. Can you speak into that, please? Authenticity, being authentic, right, has to do more with your value system. Ooh, okay. Yeah, because the problem is you can appear the way you like on social media. Of course, you have to be decent anyway. But being authentic, there are three things you must be authentic with. Number one, be authentic to yourself. Mm. Don't a lot of people deceive themselves. It's not like someone else. No, no, yeah, yeah. Know yourself. Be authentic. Tell yourself the truth. I was giving a leadership talk one time. I said, your first leader is yourself and your first, first follower is you. Mm. Lead yourself, follow yourself. The second thing about being authentic is be authentic to your value system. Okay. Yeah. And number three, be authentic to your strengths and weaknesses. When it's above your pay grade, refer it. It's not everything you can handle. Okay. No. If it's above, refer it. Because that's the only way you can be authentic nowadays. To yourself, to your values, and to your level. Mm. There are certain things that, you know, for example, if, if you, let's talk business. Your company, your turnover was $100,000. Mm. And someone is offering you a $5 million contract. You look at your personnel, you look at your resources. You can't do it. Yes. Get the partner who can handle it, even on commission basis. Refer it and get your commission. But no, not so for us today. We just want to do it. So you take it and mess up everything. So just just be authentic in that way. And trust me, if, if, if you do that, because at the end of the day, being authentic doesn't mean that you're flawless. No. You have your faults, you have your mistakes, but you know your level. Mm. 
You know, when you, when you talked about referring to partners and bringing in other people who can actually mm -hmm. do it, I thought about networking, networking. Oh, we yes. talked about leading for significance. Yes. What is the value of networking when we are thinking significance in our leadership? Our networking is very important because at the end of the day, you need people, you need other perspectives. You, you can't do it alone. You, you know, I keep hearing this in particular. Most, most in America, they said, uh, he's a self-made millionaire. It's a lie. You can't be a self-made millionaire. Oh, he's an independent, strong man. It's a lie. Oh, she's an independent, strong woman. It's a lie. You cannot be independent in this world. Mm. You depend on workers. You, when you want to fly, you depend on the pilot. You go to the restaurant, you depend on the services of the chef. Your car breaks down, you depend on your mechanic. So, so how is a human being made millionaires depend on all these people? No, you can. It's a lie. It's an American cultural thing to say people are self-made. No human being is self-made. To start, we didn't even make yourself. Your father gave your father and mother gave birth to you. So even your birth is not self-made. Because those are some of the things that you know when we start bringing into our philosophies. It makes us not to appreciate what other people do for us because if you're self-made, it therefore means that you don't owe your success to anybody because you're self-made. It makes you selfish. It makes you unappreciative. Mm. And it makes you not even want to help other people because you say, well, I made it myself. Let them also go do it. Mm. Mm. So you see that. So once that balance is created, then trust me, we will accomplish far more than we could ever ask or think. It will be an amazing journey so it's about striking that, that, that balance and, and being appreciative of all the people around us oh my goodness please do in one way or the yes. other maybe yes. it's 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 that staff whose job is to just smile and say hello to you in the morning that brightens your day that is all part of your success let me say something you know i'm a person of faith so yes and, and in the holy text, um, the Apostle Paul, one of the greatest philosophers of his time, he said, the most important body parts are the ones we don't see. Yes. You, you know, any body part you can see, you can do without. I can really? cut off your leg. You will leave. Oh, wow. They can cut off your nose. No problem. They can chop off your ear. Hmm. But let me take out your liver. The part you don't see. You're gone. Wow. And you know, it is the part we see that we spend the most on. So you put on your shoe, a thousand dollar shoe. No problem. But I can cut off your legs and you still leave. How much have you spent on your heart recently? In terms of exercise, proper eating and proper, you know, supplements. Nothing. If I take out your lungs, you're gone. The most important body parts are the ones mm. that you don't see. Mm. That principle applies everywhere. Even in church, some of the most important church members are not even the leaders. <laughs> not the ones that come to the pulpit. No. In your company, you may be surprised that it will be your driver or the cook or the janitor that will rescue you from death in two years to come. Um, let me, you let me be just, surprised. Let me, just, 
not to interrupt you, let me just yes. um, um, ask you, please, to look straight into the camera. There might be something, somebody watching us who mm -hmm. is feeling so undervalued and they, 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 they feel like quitting because they don't feel they are worth much. Can you speak to somebody? Like, oh, look my into goodness. the camera straight mm. and talk to somebody, please, for me. Thank you. And, and, and listen, listen, listen. Your worth is not determined by the compliment of others. It is determined by your DNA. The heart pumps blood. That is worth. It doesn't matter what the intestines do. The heart will pump blood. And I want you to understand, as long as you stay faithful to what you're good at doing, your reward will come. I understand people can discourage you. People may not appreciate what you do. Don't worry. The rules of life are designed in such a way that you will always be rewarded. Just stick to your gut on what you believe is true. Stay on it. And I guarantee you, before you know it, the door will open. Before you know it, the sun will rise. Before you know it, the storm will be over. Mm -hmm. Don't give up. Winners don't quit. Quitters don't win. Stay tuned and God will bless you mightily. And that was a word for somebody. If it was yours, yeah. I want you to say it was mine. Hashtag it That's was right. mine. If that was That's yours, right. hashtag it was mine. And for those of mm. you watching, we also want you to use the hashtag leading for significance to let us know you are here with us. How do I maintain stability and growth in my organization, Reverend? Oh, oh, that's, I mean, it, it comes with change. You, you, you must understand the changing times, okay? And your company must evolve with the change. For example, now you have a lot of um, social media is there, digital media is there, which means advertisement now, you must, you have no choice. Digital media is there for your adverts. You can't go the traditional newspapers on TV adverts which are still fine, but if you want to stay, st not neutral, if you want to be stable to stabilize your business, you need to understand the current environment mm. and flow with the current technological developments and the mindset of the people and understand what it takes to stay relevant. Because to be stable, you must stay relevant. Stay relevant and understand Every what business. it takes to stay relevant. You must. Otherwise, mm. you're out of business. You're out of and business. You, and you will lose your best staff members. They will go. Mm. They will go. They wow. will go. Wow. They Tell us more go. about that. Tell us more about that. No, they will go. Because every human being has an intrinsic desire for self-worth. To know yeah. that what I'm doing... Matters. Is contributing to the welfare of people and or the company. They want to feel yes. that their energy, their resources, their whatever they put in is actually producing something tangible. Yes. And if that is not happening, they may, in quotes, be succeeding in the company, but they will not be fulfilled. Mm. Mm. Fulfillment ranks in the hierarchy of human need more than compensation. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It does. So we yeah. want to ensure that we have what it takes to remain relevant. And if we need to pivot, if we need to make changes, we should not mm -hmm. be afraid to make those changes. Because yes. if we get stuck in the rut, then things will go down. Exactly. Yes. 
in, in yes. my Haggai Institute training, we talked about paradigm paralysis. Oh, <laughs> paradigm paralysis. When okay. change comes and you refuse to pivot and make the relevant change, okay, then be ready for mm. the paradigm paralysis because paradigms change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, That's right. Hey, my HI sisters and brothers. Hello. Um, I was trained at in Thailand for Haggai Institute. Now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about yourself. Okay. In oh, what okay. areas of your life are you most intentional and why? Oh, <laughs> training and development. Ooh, why? Yeah, because that's the most important aspect of everything I do because that sets the framework for a succession plan. Tell us about succession. Because you see, you are as successful as the survival of the work in your absence. Mm. Mm. So if I take you out of the picture, will the company survive? Will the church survive? Will the organization survive? And so Success is measured by how the organization survives the crisis of your removal. Wow. So it's not about whether you are succeeding. It's about whether it's no. still going to succeed when you are not there. Because you are succeeding. You are a person. There is the organization. So see, that's why in business, the company is a legal entity. Yes. It's a moral being. It's a person. So I can own a company and there's a problem. You will not sue me. You sue the company. It's a limited yes. company, isn't it? Yes. Good and fine. So, so that must always so be at the back of your mind. So will that entity survive if, if you I, are not there? If the answer is no, you're not a good leader. Wow. Because so sex, succession plan. Mm -hmm. There must be a succession plan. Oh, my goodness. Otherwise, otherwise, or I beg of you, otherwise all the effort you may have. Of course, when you're starting, you're growing, it takes a while to develop, you know, all of that. That's why my answer to that, your question is training and development. Yes. Because so at the you, end of the day, that's what I want to do. about that. Oh, training my goodness. And development. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh. I, I can see the passion. I can see the passion. Because I know that, you know, and let, let me say this. Uh, a lot of people are watching. There are so many organizations. If the founder died, I can assure you, the organization is going down. Mm, mm. No successor. And and last um, during the last broadcast, I asked you a question: What are the rituals and habits and disciplines that mark your life? Because when we see you succeeding out there, um, now you just taught us that is the things that we don't see that are the yeah. most important. And you told us yeah. about how you talk to yourself. Mm -hmm. Can you tell I us? I do. <laughs> you know, do this, you this question. Do you um, do that? Yeah. In December, um, I, I was in South Africa in December. I, I came back two days. Uh, today, I came back uh, two days. Today is what Sunday? I came back yesterday. I was back in South Africa. In yeah, December, one South of the doctors, yeah, like... one of the, the lecturers, he's heard about the things I did with the campus ministry. And he was like, Tell me, how did you do it? And I told him, I said, whatever you see physically, 
has to be first and foremost finished spiritually. Mm. Yeah. And so last broadcast, I did talk about speaking to myself. Yes. How do you do that? The next thing I do is meditation. You speak to yourself, you meditate. I meditate a lot. Wow. And as a person of faith, I worship a lot. You meditate because a lot, you worship, worship a lot, you speak opens, to yourself. Opens me up for inspiration. Wow. Wow. And and also, you know, in tweet, you know, leaders can make analytical decisions and also decisions by intuition. Analytical mm. decisions whereby you have data, statistics, and facts to back up your decision. But they've now realized that in so many instances, leaders are faced with situations where they have no analysis, no data, no statistics. So they have and to weigh in on intuition. Intuition comes in. That's wow. why leaders need both analysis and intuition. In the so, area of so, intuition, inspiration yeah. plays a great role. Yes. So, I so ensuring to that worship, you're, yes. you're always in connection with your inner self. Through God, always, because I'm a person in, of faith. Yes. yes, in connection with your inner self, through God, and because you're a person of faith, um, maybe yes. through Jesus Christ, it's very, mm-hmm. very important to you, and you it worship. Is. And it helps yes. you to open up your inner self to that mm-hmm. inspiration from God. Yes. Wow. And so wow. It, it makes me as well to easily get solutions to difficult problems. Yes. I'm telling you the truth. It works. A problem that has been there, straight, then you see a different perspective. It's like a window opens. It's like some inspiration just comes on you and then it just and you're, you're like if you're watching if you're watching you want to take these secrets you want <laughs> to take these secrets we know reverend jesse's song we see the amazing things he's doing and now mm. he is letting us in on his secrets yeah. which of these secrets do you need to start implementing in your life the worship part is what I am going to put more energy in. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and we are at the top of the hour. The last question okay. is what experiences have helped you believe more in your ability to make a difference? What experiences have helped you to believe more in your ability to make a difference? Because you are a person of impact and you make a difference everywhere you go. What experiences have actually marked your life to make you to believe that, oh, you are that type of person? Mm. You know, there are so many of those experiences, okay? But... um... One of the main experiences is more so with people who are still not there yet. Yes. And and how you go through the experience of their disappointments and their failures. And mm. to see that at times, that is the price you need to pay for them to get to where they're supposed to be. Okay. Okay. So the prodigal son's father... Yeah, the guy disappointed him. The guy messed him up. But at the end of the day, he still did what he had to do. And that was the end of the problem. And so experiences of of things not going your way 
and you being able to persevere in your direction. Don't lose your mm. focus because things mm. did not go as planned mm. is the most significant thing that I've, that I tell everybody. And that's what has worked a lot for your life, just persevering when it's not working mm -hmm. and still having the hope and the belief that yeah. it's going to work. It will always work. It's a matter Reverend, of time. We, we are at the end of our broadcast and there are listeners who are here because of you. They want to drink oh. off your wisdom. What would Thank be your you. last words to our audiences? Oh, that's wonderful. The last word I will say is, Look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself, I am a biological mistake. Ooh. Yeah. I was born for a purpose. I need to find out what the purpose is, equip myself for the purpose, and fulfill that purpose. Satisfaction mm. comes from purpose. And to know that money doesn't answer everything. In fact, research shows that the moment you start earning above 80,000, your happiness, you know, remains the same. You are no more happier with 200,000 than you are with 80. Because they said, as long as you can pay your bills, pay your credit cards, pay your mortgage, pay your car note, blah, all of that comfortably, yes. that's the peak. You right. can't get, money will not make you happier. So by the time you hit 80,000, it's actually 75,000 and above. You need something else to increase your happiness in life. Wow. And, and that, that is, is where I recommend people about purpose and their relationship with God. And for Finding those who don't know that relationship, that's fine. Just, but just understand that for some of us, that's the key. That's the key. Finding yeah. your purpose, your relationship with God, connecting yes. to your roots and knowing who you are and fulfilling that mission is exactly. the greatest, the greatest, greatest answer to happiness in life it's not in material yeah. things it's not in the money but the money is good but at a certain level it will make you happier it will make you happier thank you so much yeah. reverend jesse for joining yeah, us broadcast ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for this one hour you chose to spend it with us Share this with your friends. Share it with your family. We are very happy that you are here with us. And we'll see you next time. For your corporate and personal needs. Ladies World Institute. Changing lives. One leader at a time.